Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, Cody, we've been doing this for th- four seasons now, and I think you know we've we've definitely learned a lot over uh, time, and I, I I do think that. We're you know, a lot better at a lot of different things now than we were back in 2018 when we started this thing. Uh, one thing that we may not have uh, improved that much on is timing. And uh, nope. if, if you've listened to us before, uh, we've we've addressed this, that you know if, if you're looking for big news uh, coming out of Georgia Southern, good, bad, or other, um, just, you know, hope let and pray, let it, yeah, just, just, just ask us to record and, and hope that we record because if we do sure enough within 12 hours, 24 hours or 48 hours, there will be that big news you're looking for. So that happened, uh, recording our, our second episode of season four after a few month hiatus last week, last Tuesday. Um, and then the following day is when uh, Coach Lunsford had the media conference opening a fall camp and it was announced that Justin Tomlin court junior quarterback will be uh, in fact missing the first two games of the season against Garner Webb and Florida Atlantic and yeah so that that basically made our episode that we recorded the night before which was a whopping two and a half hours I believe um you know oh, we, we talked yeah, null and void. Uh, so round two, doing it again, um, hoping to make it shorter this time. Um, obviously, we've been able. That was the first time Cody and I had talked, uh, you know, in 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 a few months outside of you know some text messages here and there. So uh, we were able to, you know, we were kind of winging it, talking through different scenarios. Took Twitter questions um, from listeners. We're we're going to go through those again because, of course, um, you you know, no one other than Cody and I are going to hear yeah. uh, that that last episode that we recorded. So we're going to go through those questions. Obviously, some of those talking hypotheticals. Those are no longer hypothetical scenarios now. Um, we have kind of more clarity, more answers. Um, still, still some unknowns, of course. Uh, but we we know a lot more now than we did when we recorded a week ago. So we'll talk through those questions. Um, that will be kind of our first kickoff episode to the 2021 uh, season um, as just kind of a, an overview of the season as a whole. Uh, doing it a little differently this year. If you've listened to us in years past, you know, we do the offense, defense, special teams breakdowns, and then kind of go into the um, overview, doing it in reverse this time. Um, so with that, Cody, one good to be back. Um, yep. Good to be yep. good to be talking football again. Uh, you know, less than a month away uh, from uh, from the Garner Webb game and then the opener, season opener, and, and home opener, Paulson Stadium uh, looks to be. You know, if if all things go right, uh, back to normal or as back to normal as you can. You know, get I guess <laughs> in in twenty twenty one with yeah. uh, with with full capacity, packed Paulson. You know, cool. trying to. Um, yeah, just trying to get twenty five thousand, yeah. Some about media days with Commissioner Gill saying that there will not be, you know, uh, postponements or you know, uh, suspending of games if your team can't play because of COVID. It's a forfeit. Right. That's going to be an interesting thing to, to come about in the season, right? Um, I, I think you will see a team. I think where that happens for some reason or another, a position groups out, like you saw a lot last year. Um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, who that happens to. Hopefully it doesn't, um, but odds are it probably will, and how that particular fan base reacts to it. I think if it's mm-hmm. if it 
unfortunately happens to us, I think our fan base is going to be pretty irate about it, to be honest with you. Um, but that, I mean, that's certainly not what we really want to get in <laughs> to talk about right at the beginning no. of the show. But I think it's something interesting to watch as the season progress. It is. It's going to be an interesting wrinkle. And, and yeah, I mean, as, as far as we're hearing, you know, it seems like most teams throughout this uh, Sun Belt, you know, has have been following, you know, protocols. And of course, I mean, we got 13 games in last year, right? That was before vaccine and, and all yep. of this. So, um, you know, we, we certainly have they a good amount of experience, right? And trust, right? Trust, trust within the program when it comes to that of, of not just players, but coaches, staff, personnel, everything doing, doing things the right way. Um, you know, now that we have, you know, some, some other measures in place with, with vaccines and this, uh, this sort of thing, um, you know, that I guess there's no reason to think otherwise, right. That, that, you know, um, obviously we did have, you know, some tests and had some, uh, um, you know, players out, uh, notably the first game of the season against Campbell, uh, last year, but, um, you know, didn't have anywhere where we were, where we were the forfeiting team or where we yeah. were the postponing team. Um, you know, we obviously had app state, we had FAU, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was always the, the opponent, yeah, the opponent. Um, that, that was dealing with I the just issue. Think so I just think you see, you've seen teams come out with the percentage of the team that's been vaccinated. I'll just be interested to see if that ever comes out for us. Right, you know, right. As of that, now, as of now, haven't heard anything yeah. on that. Just I think very vague, right? But from Lunsford, high number, you know, or hide behind HIPAA or something like that. Something like yeah. that, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Citing, yeah, citing something like so, that. But I mean, it it's it seems like everything's going right. But let's let's steer this back, I guess, um, to those Twitter questions, right? So we'll jump right into it, and that will kind of um, you know steer us the right way. It's in, great response in, in addressing. Do I? I said great response. I didn't expect that many questions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we didn't uh, honestly. We we probably should have uh, done better of of doing a follow up uh, addressing that. Hey, look. We end up recording the night before the big news conference. Um, so, you know, yes, we're going to, yes, you know, thank you for submitting the questions. We're going to get to them all this and maybe, you know, prompting for more questions, which we didn't do. Um, but given the ones we, we have, um, you know, it's, it's a good starting point. Obviously, again, some were hypotheticals. Now we have more kind of clarity and, and facts behind it. Um, but let's jump right into it. So we'll start with this one that uh, again you know this was sent before the news conference so it was uh it, it was sent by hashtag blue collar 21 at p5 killers um on twitter uh, he's been a longtime follower um of us and we certainly appreciate that yes if uh justin tomlin is out week one who would be qb1 so obviously now we know that is going to be the case um you know missing uh both garner webb and florida atlantic uh due to academic issues uh just for clarity if you don't know um when listening to this these are academic issues that stem earlier in his academic career um, at Georgia Southern uh, from his freshman year, kind of snowballed, caught up to him. This is all, you know, from Lunsford. It's some it's an issue that they've known about for a while, which is interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that just kind of came out of the blue. So as, as far as we know, it seems like from even, you know, dating back to maybe last year or at least like early spring um, that they knew that this potentially could be. A problem, um, and, and and something that they were looking at. Uh, his academics 
good place now um that you know get, getting back on the right track uh we all know which how freshman year can be a, a cody suspension which is why it's a two-game suspension so yeah when when asked by when asked uh by the media uh you know if if we if lunsford thought that this would be kind of a recurring issue uh he didn't seem concerned with that so um you know it <clears throat> yeah we, we we have to trust him on that Two games, obviously not ideal. Um, you know, by all accounts, uh, Justin Tomlin was the starter. He was named the starter right earlier in the spring, uh, going into the fall and, and going into that first game of the season against Gardner Webb before hearing this news. Obviously, the big kind of uh, quarterback news since the last time we recorded um, right after the spring game was uh, James Graham, the, you know, highly touted um, and recruited uh, quarterback transfer from Georgia Tech, um, you know, started um, nine games there, uh, you know, uh, what, two years ago um, and became technically, I guess, our, our highest rated recruit ever um, as, as a four star, high four star he ended up only practicing very, very limited um, in the spring, missed both scrimmages, missed the spring game, came back, never left the team officially, uh, came back, had a position change to wide receiver that was announced um, several weeks ago. And and yeah, and, and it's, uh, so that's kind of all we know there, that he made that position change to wide receiver, that the reason why uh, was um, that he just didn't have enough reps, that they didn't feel comfortable enough uh, with him being at the quarterback position with uh, the limited amount of time that he had to play. Now, that opens up a lot of, you know, questions. Can uh, of uh, Can of worms. Uh, with everything that we know now, that, Tomlin, uh, you know, the de facto starter again, um, coming into spring and fall, now missing the first two games of the season. You know, who's behind him? Does Graham come back as a quarterback? Probably not. It doesn't seem that way. Uh, but yeah, let's let's focus back, I guess, on this question. I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Cody, and then I'll, I'll give my piece. Now that we know Justin Tomlin is out week one, who do you think is going to be QB1 um, for Garner Webb? Well, we know it's going to either be Ken, uh, Sam Kenderson or Ransom, right? That's, that's pretty much the only two that it's going to be. Um, they both have limited experience. Obviously, one's coming straight out of high school, so he has no experience. Um, Kenderson has, what, maybe two snaps? Yeah, two or three last three year. Three snaps under his belt, and then he was injured. Yep. Um, so very limited playing time, really none between the two of them in terms of live, live college games. Um, both seem to have very different skill sets. Sam yes. Kenderson is much smaller. Um, Jason Foster esque is, I think what we kind of have, have deemed what his skill set could be. Yep. Uh, Cam Ransom is a very large individual uh looks more like yes. she'd be a linebacker or defensive end six three two fifteen uh yeah where where uh, uh cam where newton. kinderson is is five not yes very very cam newton like uh you know saw some pictures on twitter of him standing next to lunsford towering over him right and uh and yeah i mean it's it's a we we've talked about uh um we've talked about ransom on this podcast before um i i'm obviously big on him um you know i think cody is too you know cu- coming out of uh, you know, um, 
Armwood High School, you know, a, a school that I used to cover back in my um, prep days. Um, obviously, wasn't there, uh, uh, you know, covering them when when Ransom was there. But this, you know, it's a um, you know six A, I think maybe seven A school now uh, in Florida. Um, you know, it's a powerhouse program. Uh, they've produced a ton of college players, a lot of uh, NFL players, um, and won a lot of region and, and state championships. So, um, you know, he was a, a stud for for them. Um, you know, he had some P five offers coming out of, um, high school and, uh, ended up with us. Uh, so yeah, we, I've been big on him for a while. Um, you know, I don't think anyone, including myself thought maybe he would be in the conversation to start as early as, as game one of the 2021 season. Um, but here we are, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, James Graham coming in, uh, and then, you know, Tomlin, you know, we thought that would be the be- the main battle there, right? Obviously, we didn't know about the two games for Tomlin. So, yeah, we, we thought that at, at best, maybe he gets, uh, you know, Ransom gets some playing time um, against Garner Webb. You know, you have the four-game rule now where you can still redshirt. And he probably gets redshirted and, and you know, um, his, his talent gets saved for future years. But now it, it, it seems like he's very much in the conversation um, along with Sam Kenderson, again, very different quarterback, uh, 5'9", 175, redshirt freshman out of Baton, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in Central High School. Um, yeah, very Jason Foster, um, Jarek McKinnon But to both, both the quarterbacks' credit, they were both highly rated three-star quarterbacks. It's not yes. like one was more of a highly rated quarterback at a high school than the other. They both were around the same, I think, Two four seven rating about eighty three eighty five coming out of high school. So, um, based on high school recruiting sites, as much as you want to put salt in them, yeah. um, both very good. Both both should pretty much exceed at this level. Um, honestly, I think I think Kenderson gets to start just because he should. You know, he has an extra year here. He's been here a year longer. Um, would not be surprised though if Ransom is in. You know third series or start of the second quarter start of the second half I look for both of them to play and you know really kind of have a tryout on the field during a game right because yep. as you and I have, have talked about on you know now and off air uh, that we should win this game regardless of who the quarterback is against Gardner Webb it's really you know really the only game in question I think is the FAU game Right. I mean, which you really wish you had Tomlin in We're there. five deep at running back. Yeah. You know, as long as you have someone that's not out there just turning the ball over left and right, you know, we're, we're going to have, uh, you know, and I, that I may trust be, our that play may calling under new who, offensive who coordinator. Who down Bruce. to is who does the right. coaches trust not to turn the ball over. Yeah. You know, and, and I, that's probably, you know, between two young guys, it's probably how you're going to determine who's going to go out there and play. Um, right. So if they feel like Kenerson can, can keep the ball and not turn it over and put our defense in bad – spots they'll probably he'll probably be the one getting getting the nod if they feel like ransom is just as good at not turning the ball over or or even better and makes better decisions then he'll probably get the nod Um, yeah i think i think the key here is you know who's going to be qb1 obviously unless you're running you know that uh gimmicky like offense um out of what that high school runs in uh california i think where you have like two like a two quarterbacks as two quarterbacks on the field at the same time arkansas who just no 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 not the one not the one that doesn't punt no 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 um yeah i I forget i think it's out of california and i don't even know if if they're doing it anymore but it it went viral a couple years ago where you have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time unless you're doing that obviously qb1 you're going to have one quarterback on the field um 
that's the key to this question that I agree with you. Probably Sam Kinnerson for the reasons you said. Um, but the, the, the kind of cop out answer is both, but I think that's going to be, um, but I think what it happens. Is. I think it's going to be yeah. both. Yeah. It's going to be both. They both should see the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think we need to address, you brought up uh, Graham and kind of the questions and, I think there's a lot of people in, in, in the fan base that are, are asking themselves, well... They're puzzled. They, yeah, they just don't they understand. Are. And I think we need to kind of go back to what was going on when, first of all, Graham was invited down to watch us and when he committed, verbally at least. Um, it was at the App State game. you got to remember, Tomlin had just went out of the game with an injury. You didn't know how severe it was. You didn't know if he's going to be back by spring or if it was going to be... Maybe two years from now or next year where he gets to see the playing field again. Hmm. Kinnerson was out because he got injured in Georgia State. And I don't know if they knew the severity of that injury at that point either. So if you're looking at Shywerts probably isn't coming back, your two main backups that, that you felt comfortable with may be injured and, and may either miss the following season because you don't know how severe, how quickly they're going to heal. Um. And then Kim Ransom, you know, I don't think National Signing Day had occurred at that point, so you don't know if he may flip to somebody else. They may have looked at Graham as, we better scoop this guy up because if all everything falls apart on us, we may not have a quarterback next year. And, and really no depth in that position at all. Where everything kind of did come, everybody got healthy, Ransom did sign, and now you have like a plethora of options here. And I think Graham's just kind of the odd man out. Yeah, and it's it's you know unless you've been following it super closely, and even if you have, you know I, I think it's it's easy to be puzzled about it because you're 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 seeing yeah the four the high four star you're seeing what he did at Georgia Tech um, when you know he was recruited by Paul Johnson obviously didn't get uh, um, you know played under Jeff Collins and was put in, in much more of like a passing uh, situation than you know he probably was used to or recruited for, but played fairly well, you know, as, as a um, true freshman for them. And, um, you know, everyone was really excited and then so much changed within just a matter of months. Right. Yeah. Like you said. So I, I think, I think it is, it's, it's just strange because, you know, it's, he's the high, he's the kind of highest touted talked about guy that has come to the program in a while you know a recent memory maybe even um since being in fbs right and uh to go from that to be like okay well with with words out the door going to louisville um yes tomlin's there but like maybe this is graham's job you know to lose and then it goes from that to he's not even in the conversation anymore for quarterback and and playing a different position so it's 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 a lot to wrap your head around um but But that's the only thing that makes sense to me is when i sit down and think about it that's the only thing that kind of makes sense is well maybe the coaching staff you know thought at that point when they offered it you know to come come play for us that maybe there's a possibility we don't even really have a quarterback Mm -hmm. with with the two injuries to to kenderson and tomlin and then ransom we don't know if he was going to sign for us at that point or not you know it could just be looking at you know we need to really kind of get somebody in here that we at least felt could be able to run our offense um as things have it, you know, things worked out the way that they have. He's at a different position group. Um, and I feel, to me, when Tomlin comes back, I think our quarterback depth, uh, three deep and possibly four deep with the addition from the kid from Army, is pretty right. pretty solid. Yeah, so, I mean, coming out of that media conference uh, leading up to fall camp, 
Once Ferb was asked about it, he said basically no particular order, right? That it was Kenderson Ransom for that for that QB one spot. So they're one or two in, in some order. Um, and then what was interesting, you know, he uh, yeah, um, Bonner, uh, the, the kid that you just mentioned, transfer from uh, Army Prep, played for Meadow Creek High School. Um, you know. He is probably in the conversation as well. Um, he apparently, you know, Quincy Bonner has been impressing people. He's uh, he's a bigger guy too. Um, not not as uh, not as big as um, as Ransom. Uh, you know, at at six two one eighty five. Um, but but still, you know, a, a tall kid did some really good things for Meadow Creek. You know, a program that you know Cody and I know really well as uh, you know one of the old rivals of our high school never really been great at football um he made him pretty good at football right getting him to uh yeah to the uh state um playoffs for the first time in what like over 30 years something like that so or ever um, i don't even think yeah. i don't like, i don't even know if they even made it to the playoffs beforehand to be honest with you yeah i mean i think they may have won a game or two like our entire high school careers maybe uh meadow creek did and um obviously you know that that was <laughs> way back when but uh yeah. you know they they continued to be pretty bad for for a while following you know uh, us graduating and our time at georgia southern and um yeah for for him to come in and, and get uh, meadow creek kind of put them on the map says something you know about yeah. him well, so i mean just to make them competitive is impressive enough i think he even won like what region player of the year or something like that or region offensive player of the year like his sophomore junior year yep. again all these things are not associated with Meadow Creek High School um just wherever you're from just think of whoever the worst high school is and that's Meadow Creek the the team that never wins a game or maybe one because they played some very other small school that doesn't feel like 10 kids and you know they're missing somebody out there every other snap um that's Meadow Creek High School yeah, that, so, that's them to team. Yeah, so again, he he uh, he was at Army West Point Prep, so not Army West Point. Um, you know, it, it is the prep school for um, for the Army that we all know. Um, but you know, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 a guy that obviously he knows the option well. Um, you know, it's a quick guy. Again, yeah, going to depth. I think we are pretty deep at the quarterback position, um, especially when uh, Tomlin returns. I think the interesting point to put here is going back to that press conference when Lunsford was asked about the three deep as it stands right now for that Garner Webb game. He mentioned a name that, you know, I, I think was uh, certainly surprising to me, probably surprising to you, Cody. Um, we talked about him on the podcast on the, on the last episode that no one's going to hear. Um, uh, but, uh, and that's Amari Jones. Um, it, it's a guy that is. We think we both think is going to be an X factor this year in some capacity. Um, you know, he can return kicks, punts. Um, he played running back at um, at Tulane. Was very versatile for them. Um, he has been working out in the offseason as a wide receiver. Um, and we just thought, you know, he's that kind of like West Kennedy, Swiss Army knife type guy. Get the ball in his hands as often as possible, and he's going to make something happen. He's that kind of guy. The one position we didn't really consider him at um, was uh, was quarterback, um, and so that that was surprising to hear his name um, mentioned by by Lunsford as a potential number three right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I think with they mentioned that he played high school. Yeah, he um, was he a quarterback, quarterback in high, high school. school. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of these times, either press conferences right before fall camp or maybe the first couple of practices of fall camp, I think you kind of really have to really have to examine what's happening and what's going on. Um, could Amari Jones be playing quarterback for us at some point in the season? Yes. Is it going to probably be in a wildcat or in some form of a special play? Uh, I think so. Um, unless there is some sort of injury just just going through the entire quarterback room or if you want to maybe go through maybe the, the COVID situation, maybe that takes out the QB room there and he's just the backup there to where we don't have to forfeit the game and we can throw somebody in there right. who can at least run the basic offense. I think that's probably more the case with Amari Jones. I would be very surprised at all if he's honestly considered at all. I just thought it was interesting that he was mentioned, right, as number three. I think it's just to throw it out there, just to maybe see if he can't catch a team to maybe spend at least five minutes focusing on them. That's five minutes less. Because you could say, okay, well, don't, you know, uh, who else? Okay, Quincy Bonner, well, he's too new. He came in. I mean, Amari Jones isn't. You know that like he hasn't been here that much longer than, than Bonner has. No, but um, you're causing you're causing probably some grad assistant to have to try to find high school film of this guy playing quarterback and see what his strengths and weaknesses are. Right. Right. And, you know that's wasting a team's time and in resources. And if you could just do that, then that doesn't focus on them on focusing. You know, primarily on Tomlin for an extra five minutes or whatever the case may be. Um, which may give you the edge that you need to to get a close victory. I don't know. I think it's um, also uh, important to note that Connor Solgeski, uh, a uh, redshirt freshman, uh, six foot one ninety five, out of uh, Mayor School um, had in a good Atlanta, spring. he had a very good spring. Uh, played, played, yeah, played. Um, you know, in, in both scrimmage games, I believe, um, had a pretty good spring game, I believe. Um, and uh, may, may have even started actually, or, or was number two in the spring game, uh, right? Tomlin, yeah, and, and, and him as number two. Um, yeah, and then uh, the coaching staff was was high on him, Roos and, and Lunsford. Um, he is injured, uh, and it was released during that press conference before fall camp that he will miss the season. Yeah, um, so that, uh, yeah, so the, wanted to throw his name out there that we're not forgetting him, um, but uh, you know, yeah, a, a guy that Eagle Nation heard a lot about throughout the spring um is unfortunately not going to be in the conversation for the qb battle for 2021 yep so okay so from that let's go to the next question right um that is related uh you know quarterback wise um but it's who is going to be the starter come the end of the season so the app state game well uh, let, let's say the end of the regular season the app state game let's hope there's there's more games following that a couple uh, conference at championship least one, or at least one but but hopefully two um so let's just say for the for the sake of this we're talking about the app state game um and who, or just who asked a question you gotta mention who asked a question. Yeah, yeah 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 so um i lost my screen so i was hoping that you wouldn't ask that i think it was but true uh blue, it, that right? was yep that was true blue drew um so yeah so at uh gsu true blue drew um this is yeah that, i mean he's he's a he's a famous twitter uh handle for uh for georgia southern fans um you know it, it's a great follow uh so go follow him he's been a supporter of us for a while so we uh, certainly appreciate 
appreciate that, um, Drew. But yeah, his question, who's playing QB at the end of the season, Justin Tomlin or someone else? Um, you know, as of right now, Tomlin is eligible, obviously, at the end of the season, whether we're talking about App State or bowl game or conference championship. Um, but it's an interesting question, right? Um, now that we know that uh, Tomlin will miss the first two games of the season, of what will happen. Um, obviously, uh, you know, um, all we can kind of do is speculate, um, you know, uh, if, if, you know, ransom comes in, if Kinnerson comes in and they really wow during those first two games, what is, what does that do? You know, uh, leading the rest of the season, you know, we had kind of a take, um, both of us agreed, uh, it seemed Cody, um, in, in that, uh, you know, previous episode that we recorded before the press conference that, you know, Tom, that, Tomlin, Tomlin should guy. that Tomlin should be the guy at the end of the season should be. Um, now this was before we knew that that he would miss the first two games of the season. But basically, my take was: look, if you're if you're a Georgia Southern fan, you want Justin Tomlin to be the quarterback at the end of the year because that means things are probably going the right way. Yeah. That means we're winning games. That means the offense is productive um, and, and we're accomplishing our goals. If if you have someone like a, a true freshman in Ransom or a, a, you know, a redshirt freshman in Kinnerson, starting or someone else, you know, Quincy Bonner starting at the end of the year, maybe that means things haven't gone well, whether it's, you know, the play on the field from someone like uh, Tomlin or uh, the the offense overall, injuries, off the field stuff, things like that, right? So, so you know, him being the de facto starter coming out of spring, going into fall, yeah, I mean, I, I would say Justin Tomlin, I guess. Um, but if you were a betting man, um, <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and and you're looking at like Vegas odds and things like that, obviously, betting against the, the field, field. Yeah. yeah, going going with the field is a safe bet here, right? I mean, are you going with Justin Tomlin, or are you going to go with someone else, which could be Cam Ransom, could be Kinnerson, could be Bonner, could be you know. Amari yeah. Jones could be uh, James Graham, you know, so you've got a lot of other options there. So I, I think, I, you know, if you had, if you made me, you know, bet my, you know, car or mortgage or something like that on it, right? I mean, I'd, I'd probably go with the field. Um, but I would say as a Georgia Southern fan, you probably want Justin Tomlin as your quarterback at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I, I completely, yeah, that, that's, com- <laughs> I completely agree with you on that. I just, um you know, I think the only way in which you really question it is, um, it doesn't to me. It doesn't really matter what they do against Gardner Webb. I'm not gonna if they go out and score like 80 points against Gardner Webb. It's not gonna change my mind. Tomlin to me should still be the starter. Mm-hmm. Now, if Kennerson or Ransom go up against FAU, who has like 90 something percent of their production on both sides of the ball returning, mm-hmm. and, and a good defense, and it's away. Yeah. Um, and we go down there and, you know, Kennison or Ransom, who it doesn't matter, you know, throws seven for 12, has like 120 yards with two touchdowns and rushes for another 150 with another three touchdowns and we score 50-something points on them. Then I'm gonna say, yeah, there's a there's a QB battle there that needs to that, that we really need to hash out. Well, yeah, and, and you also ask and, and that you know you the following week is Arkansas, yeah, right? Exactly. So I mean, and that that's that's a game that we mentioned again in that lost episode. Um, that you know, yes, that that's one that uh, a lot of we us uh, fans we feel confident about. We've circled on our calendar, SEC opponent quote-unquote big money game but certainly a, a winnable game um really no maybe no no matter who's the quarterback um you know uh, uh, jury's out there but if let's say uh, what you just said happens and we win 
the first two games of the season easily. And it's either, uh, you know, hybrid a dual quarterback situation or you have one guy get in the majority of snaps over the other, whether that's Ransom or Kenderson or someone else for that matter. You, you got I mean, do you put in Tomlin in the Arkansas? You know, do you throw him in as QB one against Arkansas after being two and oh and, and running through the first two games of the season? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's no, a tough I question. That, I think so, it, I think it depends yeah. on how you win the FAU game. If you look at the FAU game and, and we just went in there and really blew them out, then, yeah, I think you go with whoever started Kent, uh, Kenerson or Ransom. Now, if you go in there and it's a tight ball game and it was really your defense that won you the game and you had a special teams turnover or touchdown and, you know, QB just played it safe and just didn't turn the ball over and that's, you know, you kind of won it just by defense and special teams pretty much, right. then, right. yeah, Tomlin's the guy that's going to go in against Arkansas. Uh, that, to me, is how that's going to get broken down. Um, or maybe it's a dual situation yeah, where you see, yeah, where you see, yeah. like if you if you have one of the other two guys do really well, let's say Kenderson, you know, um, maybe Tomlin gets a start. You see Kenderson come in third or fourth drive, depending on how Tomlin's doing, or maybe you see Kenderson get the start, depending on how he does that opening drive. Then you see Tomlin, you know, get it, in. I think it could just be matchups. Like, yeah. if if can the defense match up with somebody that's a mobile quarterback? If they can't, mm-hmm. you may see. Kinnerson in because he's you know really fast he's the fastest he's of the three the yeah you know or if you see a defense maybe like Troy that has a linebacker that is <laughs> fantastic that your mobile quarterback doesn't matter how fast he is he's going to get tackled um then you may go with somebody who's a whole lot better passer than Tomlin yeah. um but just because the matchup is better so you could yeah. maybe you could see a, a matchup thing they may say that Tomlin matches up against their best uh, oh sorry matches yeah. up better against this particular defense so he gets to start Kenerson may match up better against another defense so he gets to start it could be something like that too yeah so I guess from that let's go into another let's open it up a little bit away from just the quarterback we'll go to Chandler Tate um, at Chandler Tate um, underscore I guess period <laughs> it's the full uh, um, handle there but he asked what will our offense look like with the current projected uh, projected in quotes step chart so you know again as we know now you know the, we've talked about the quarterback situation uh, we know the running backs are loaded um, you've got five deep there uh, at least uh, and you know we experience uh, O-line um, wide receivers you know talented wide receiver group um, Caleb Hood obviously leading that group but you've got Amari Jones in the mix now you've got um, Najee Thompson Thompson in the mix after yeah right so so tight ends which we'll get to that question yeah well we we have a tight end question so we'll get to that um with I I think Chandler that our offense is going to be just fine um under Doug Roos now um, for the for the second second go round right after the um, or, or you know full season after uh, 2014 and 15 um, I think he'll pick up kind of right where he left off um, I you know I think you're gonna see more touchdowns on opening drives I think you're gonna see more you know uh, touchdowns where maybe we would have had field goals you know in, in years past um, you know I think uh, you're gonna see more variety I think you're gonna see some more motion um, you know some some different looks up front uh, you know I think you're gonna see more gap um, uh, uh, zone blocking uh, schemes up front well, with, the, been with zone blocking line. right you yeah. just may have a wider you know uh 
shoot, wider stance, however you, you have, whatever the phrase is, to where it allows for bigger holes and makes yep. the defense has to spread out. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with, with the running backs we have, um, you know, again, quarterback situation, I, I think it, it, you have that game manager. You know, that's something we talked about in that last episode of, you know, if you have like a J-Bo Shaw type guy that can just orchestrate the offense, um, you know, make the right reads, right pitches. If we want to throw the ball, be able to throw, you know, effectively and just not turn the ball over. doesn't have to be a miracle worker and, and put up a, a ton of stats, um, but it could put up like, you know, just a, a consistent, um, uh, an efficient, uh, you know, stat line every game, and let the running backs and your playmakers at wide receiver and tight ends do their thing. You know, and and I, I think we have the right guy in charge. You know, Colin plays and Roos to make sure that that balance happens. You know, that that whoever we have there behind center is put in the best possible position to get the ball to the playmakers. Um, you know, where frankly, I, I don't know if that was always the case last year under, under the best. Um, you know, we, we talked about it game in and game out. Wes Kennedy was our best playmaker by far, um, in, in that offense. And he did not get the ball enough. Um, so I don't think you're going to see, yeah. I don't think you're going to see that, that issue as much, um, this year. He could also maybe just to go back on, on that, since you brought it up, Maybe the coaching staff knew more about what was going on behind the scenes with him, and and maybe there was some hesitation as to really put him in the offense a whole lot. Yeah, but he was on the field. If, he, if, he if was, it was on the field, but but if I don't you're think, forfeiting, I think, you're forfeiting. Well, I mean, it, it, if he dresses, I think I think it's more on the lines of, do you want somebody to get 30, 40 touches in a game, and then all of a sudden that person's gone because yeah. of off the field issues, right? And whereas. You, he may get caught. So let's just give him ten to fifteen, and if he gets busted, then okay. I don't then, know. I, I mean, I, I don't think I agree with that because well, I mean, we we were so inept on offense last year at we times were, uh, we that were. that you that that was the one consistent. That was the one guy that was a spark every time he touched the football and getting the ball. You know, just four or five times a game or six or seven times a game. We should be getting at 15 or 20. I get what you're saying. All of a sudden, if you lose that production, that's a huge gap to fill. Um, but also, you're going to lose a lot of games, yeah. uh, you know, not doing it. So the, the the point is, is like last year, we had other talent around, uh, you know, uh, other than, than West Kennedy. Um, that still holds true now. I just I think that we're going to have just better play calling, better schemes, better game planning um, to to get multiple guys you know you're not going to have one bell cow uh but you know per se on on uh out of the running backs or just one guy lining up the scoreboard as wide receiver tight end um or even quarterback you know going back to the the dual uh quarterback or even seeing you know three come into the game like i I don't think you're necessarily going to have one guy that jumps off the stat line on the offense um but i think we're in a better position this year than we were last year um to put up bigger numbers overall as an offense. Um, and I, I think this year we get over that 30 point per game mark. What the, the, the question was, what, what will the offense look like with the quote unquote projected starters? Right. That's pretty much. So I think my take on this question is going to be, um, faster offense, meaning probably, you know, no huddle, like you saw in 14, 15, come to the line, you know, read the defense, get the signals, go with the play, go. Um, I think what we will not see that a lot of fans have been frustrated with is the seemingly 
same play call or same uh, offensive. Almost scripted. Almost yes. like I don't think you're yes. going to necessarily see a script like feeling out. You know, you know, when you see the dive, out the when defense, you see the dive yeah. getting shut down for the first two quarters, I don't think you're going to come out here in the second half and see us continue to pound the dive, like right. you may have saw in the, in the previous three years. Uh, I think they'll be you know uh, more opening more up explosive plays of the yeah. offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that. I think you will see Ruse not be afraid, as Matt was was mentioning or articulating, to uh, to use the weapons that we have, uh, and not get maybe tunnel vision um, mm-hmm. in terms of offense and play calling. So, uh, I think that in general is what what I expect to see uh, with this offense and kind of the differences with what uh, we saw the previous three years. Yeah, I think running back wise, I think we're in a good shape. I mean, obviously we talked about the depth good there, shape. but again, feels well, great, like, like great, top fifteen, great and... shape. I mean, but but the thing, my my point here is is with with Roos, I think again it will will get the guy, we'll put the guys in the best position. So that's not just touches, but it's like it's it's the plays that they're involved with, oh, right? Plays um, blocking the whole nine yards, yeah, yeah everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you're not gonna have your like smallest running back just doing dive plays. You know, you're you're gonna ground and pound with Logan Wright and J D King. You're gonna get right. You're gonna get the ball right. You're gonna get the ball out to the outside on the pitches with your Amari Jones, um, and your Jalen Whites and things like that you're going to get those guys involved in the passing game as well possibly um you know it's so i i think i think we're in good shape because motion. of how motion right uh decoys using guys as you're decoys you're going to have so, the defense looking around and and in questioning what they're seeing and and them being on their feet a lot more you know the, the bestest theory was if you make your offense look the same play in play out the defense can't figure out what you're going to play or or run um, which to a certain extent makes sense, but in this day and age with tape and everything, you could really study an offense and kind of figure it out. Like and you saw it. You saw teams you coming saw out of the gate, yeah. ULM last year. I mean, yeah. they knew – it was like they knew the playbook, right? They, yeah. they knew exactly what – yes, maybe we, we get a step on a guy and, and, and make, you know, uh, a one-yard run into a four-, or five-, six-yard run for a first down, but – they were there. They were always in the right position. And we saw that like almost game in, game out with a lot of defenses. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, with, with Ruse, obviously, that, you know, will not always be the case. We'll come up to the line, we'll do motion, we'll get them moving, we'll get, see if that defense can communicate with one another as to who can, you know, be in the correct spot. And if they can't, then we're going to burn them. I think you're going to see more passing too, but I think you're going to see more. I don't want to just say more passing. I think you're going to see more variety and efficiency on passing. So, I mean, with DeBess, you know, we passed a good bit last year, but it was kind of, you know, it was predictable, uh, frankly, a lot of times, you know, and it was the going for the home run ball. Or it didn't um, make you know, sense when it, we it, did or, pass. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, pa- you pass on third and short, and you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, you or have first a guy named – Or first or and ten, yeah. You have a guy named J.D. King back there that can get you one yard guaranteed, you know, blindfolded. Uh, you know, so, so like yeah. – so it, it, it was it was questionable – timing of some of this stuff where I think with Roos you're going to have a more developed strategic passing game um, where it's not necessarily like we're going to throw the ball 20% more but when we do I think we're going to be more efficient with it. it's not going to be uh, home run a, or I a bust a great, I think a great example of what you're trying to stay there is the Georgia Tech game in 2014 yep you know um, really kind of what we're kind of articulating about this whole segment here 
you know, something didn't work for the first half, we'll come in the second half or halftime, change it up a little bit. That's the biggest thing, halftime adjustments. And then, boom, second half, here we go. And we make this great comeback and should have won. Still a terrible call. I don't care what anybody says. Um, And, you know, to me that that is a lot of what I think I'm expecting is attack, attack, attack. If something doesn't work, I feel confident enough that Ruse and company on the offense will try to figure out some adjustments and, and make some changes as quickly as they can and best they can to get the team in a position to win the football game, no matter who the opponent is. Because remember, that Tech team went on to be in the ACC championship game that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, I feel very confident. I think you feel confident. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, you seem pretty confident in Ruse and company. Um, and yes. Definitely with his personnel. Um, I think it's yeah. just a matter of just seeing it because we don't necessarily have the game um, or the experience from the past couple of years that you know we we want to have. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. So going from that, I think we covered that pretty well. Um, we'll go to GS Recruiting Nation at G- GASO uh, number four life um, is his talking handle. Talking about weapons. Um, yeah, talking about uh, tight ends. Uh, so, yeah, GS Recruiting Nation, um, he's been – I think he was our, our first listener. Um, he, he's been following us from the beginning. We certainly appreciate that. Um, and, uh, and and a guy who really knows his stuff, um, definitely go uh, follow him at GASO number four life. Um, he wants us to talk about tight ends. Uh, he uh, mentions, you know, the tight end position has played a big role in recruiting. Um, and it's clear that our coaches uh, value that position. Definitely agree with that. Um, and he wanted us to talk about, you know, some previous plays that we've had, specifically, you know, Bo Johnson. Um, so, yes, uh, you know, uh, the, the repetitive uh, for what we said at the last episode that no one heard. Um, <laughs> tight ends, <laughs> tight ends, um, super important. I think uh, the big factor here is Roos again, right? Uh, Doug Roos comes in after being our office coordinator in 1415, um, being at Tulane, being at you know lower level um, for a year, uh, then coming in last year as our tight ends coach. Um, and I think you saw a vast improvement with that position group um, with Roos at the helm. And uh, I think now that he's back being our offensive coordinator, um, that will continue to be the case. Uh, so, yes. and, and, and that being said, he has weapons to work with. Um, you know, we've, we've had some special tight ends here in the past, but we, we're also deep at this position. Bo Johnson, I just mentioned, um, you know, this is a guy, you know, a young guy, um, has some big catches. Yes. Had a couple, uh, you know, unfortunate mistakes, the fumble in Minnesota game, uh, Louisiana fumble, game. uh, or Louisiana game. Um, I, I think, uh, well, uh, GS recruiting nation and said the Minnesota game yeah. in, in the tweet, but he wasn't, um, he wasn't last year. I think it was his true freshman year. If I'm not mistaken. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Louisiana game, obviously that would have, yeah, that, that would have either tied the game or put us up and we ended up tying and we, we know how that, in it but um super talented guy another guy that um you know i think is worth mentioning here is sean pelkinson um 6'3 240 sophomore from uh, pennsylvania downington west high school uh this is a guy that we saw you know 
in limited action last year um, as a uh, true freshman, but um, when he was on the field, whether he was catching the ball, blocking, uh, you know, he made his uh, name heard. Right? I mean, he he was he was all over the place. Uh, yeah, he could do a reasons. lot of things for us for good Not reasons, for, like for good penalties reasons, yeah. or anything like that. Right. I mean, right. he had the big catch in the bowl game. Yep. Um, he's typically doing really well when it comes to blocking. If you look at some of the big runs, he's usually right in there where he's supposed to be and getting the blocks and, and pushing guys down and getting them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, those two guys right there are, are two, you know, fantastic weapons to have. Obviously Bo Jackson is, is uh, Bo Jackson, Bo Johnson. <laughs> sorry. Um, Bo Johnson. Well, no, I, I'll take, I'll, t- oh, I'll yeah. take Bo Jackson yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See um, is, um, is more the receiving threat, obviously more the athletic type. But Pelkerson, he can he can do it. He played both sides of the ball in high school. This guy is not afraid to hit somebody. Um, he can catch the ball. His hands are very well, you know, very good. It's not like he has, you know, it's not like it, when one's in or one's out, you're really losing a whole lot. Um, now, I think you have a Chase Hancock, who is another one who may not be as the biggest receiving threat as the other two. Um, but it can definitely come in there and be that six offensive lineman that you need to put somebody on their butts. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you need to see a two tight end set, he'll probably be the, the second tight end as the six blocker in there. Um, when we have those, when we have those formations and, and that offense out there. So again, tight end wise, we're solid. Um, I know that we, we, we did have a senior DJ Butler. I think you mentioned or not mentioned, but it's in one of the press releases that he's also out for the year. Yeah, he is. Right. Okay. So, yeah. and that uh, was that, that was more news that we you know obviously talked about him not knowing yeah, that not knowing uh, you that. know the the night before, but but yeah. So that that is Which a big hit hurts. to that unit. You it know, does. It's it, a big hit. Yeah, it hurts as far as leadership, and then it hurts as far as that's a young that's a young man that can also be a receiving third as well. Um, if mm-hmm. when he's in the when he's in the game, but no, those three young men right there, Hancock, Pelkerson, and and Johnson are, are three capable young men to handle that position and should really you know they each bring their own skill sets and talent level there but i don't really question the ability to block i don't question their ability to catch the ball i think it's just how will when ruse calls the play for them to be to be involved in the offense how does it what does it look like how often do we go there are we going to exploit mismatches i really think johnson can can be a huge mismatch mismatch that we have uh, when we're going up against certain defenses, yeah, uh, they're they're, they're and, a safety and I valve, think, and I think yeah. I think there is something there to where if you see a team really loading up on stopping the dive or stopping uh, the slot, whether it's Hood or uh, Jones, that Johnson could be a guy that we could see that he's matched up on a linebacker or a safety that really has no business covering him, and we can really start exploiting that and force the defense to either double him or change their approach that may open up the lanes or may open up opportunities for other, other weapons that we have. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I've, I've said before that, you know, the, the tight end position, not just for us anywhere, it's, it's, it's kind of a safety valve, especially with our system that we run as we try to evolve it and, and incorporate more passing, especially the short and intermediate passing game that we've talked about in the past. Tight ends are a huge part of that, right? Um, and we definitely have the the talent and the the resources there to 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 help out, not bail out, help out um, whoever is 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 behind center. Um, you know, whether it's uh, 
Ransom as a true freshman to get him kind of comfortable, um, you know, and then have a guy be his like fail safe in, in a Bo Johnson, um, or if it's a guy like like Kenderson or even Tomlin, if he ends up starting the majority of the games of, of getting him comfortable, you know, passing and, and open up the defense more um, by leveraging those guys. So yeah, re- really excited about the tight ends. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, from that, let's go into the next question, which I think is, uh, you know, probably the, uh, you know, the most bold, I guess, uh, question that we that we got. Um, but it's, you know, that's what this podcast is about. And, and we don't shy away from those things and those topics and conversations. Um, so this one comes from Brian Reynolds uh, at uh, Falcons Rule 17. Um, and he asks, is this Lunsford's last chance, uh, in, in quotes, last chance, um, last chance to win the Sun Belt? Uh, so, Cody, we, we had a good uh, back and forth about this. We and, did, and we kind of looked at this yeah. differently. So I'll let you kind of take the reins on it first. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, reading just what what the question asks, uh, is his last chance to win uh, the Sun Belt? I'm I'm going to say no. You know, if if the question is asking, you know, if is it basically championship or bust? Um, you know, and I think I have alluded to that in the past that that might be the case. No, I I don't I don't think Lunsford is out if we don't win the Sun Belt championship. However, we as fans want to see progress in you know, do we get to the you know do we win the division do we get yeah. to the Sunbelt championship game is, is, so is it is it making the Sunbelt championship yeah. game or bust is it being competitive come November and being in the conversation to win the division be the uh, championship game um you know is it I mean you know look at last year I mean you you know you could be we could be a ranked team and not in the conversation for the championship you know yeah. um so so like there, there's a lot of factors there um and in, in, in different like hypothetical you know scenarios um but no I the, the flat out answer is is it you know if if he doesn't win a win a, a championship um this year is he out no i don't think that's the case um but i do think that we need to see improvement on not just the eight wins per se um but just again truly competing for the division again and and probably getting to that championship game yeah the i guess so obviously a lot of the media polls either have us predicted to be fourth or fifth in our division last year we technically finished tied for third at four and four with Georgia State, but obviously, if you want to put in tiebreaker rules there, we would have finished fourth because they beat us last year. So I think you brought up an interesting point, which is improvement. I don't think anybody in the fan base wants to see us finish fourth again. Um, right. So, yeah, and I think this gets us back to the conversation that we had of, well, what what is that border? What's that line? What's that threshold that that we need to see this year so that it, you know there isn't you know a complete uprising here in Statesboro as to uh, a new head coach. Um, I th- you know I we kind of got into this a little bit. Obviously, I think one of the big factors here is that we have to at least beat Georgia State this year. They're at home. Yeah. Um, we can't. I don't think we can lose to them at all. Um, and. You know, the more that I've thought about it since we've had this conversation, um, I'm really kind of thinking that we really have to finish strong here. 
Um, at least third, bottom is third, probably more second. Really, probably competing in that last week or two. It's that last against, week. I don't think it's. I don't think it's how because 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 it could come down where yeah, it's a three team race, four team race, right? Like in 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 how everything shakes out. Even if you have some things in your control and like you you know you we let's say we beat app, but then like state still in it or you know coastal still yeah. in it right and and they get in so I, I i think it's less about like the finish in the division and just like truly being like having control of our own destiny almost mm-hmm. in that final game or two uh in in late november i yeah. I, I think that's what uh, i would say that's the bar that's that that's the mark you know the invisible line there um is is have that uh you know it's gonna be two years in a row now that we play app state you know our tribal final game of the season um um, you know, in, in late November, it's going to be up in Boone, probably going to be really cold. Cody and I are going to be there, um, you know, and that, you know, that game last year, you know, it, it mattered for bragging rights, but it was the first game in a while where there wasn't true division like implications really yeah. um other than just like where where we're gonna like finish um but as as in the past it's been us playing spoiler to app state um you know for undefeated season or new year six bowl or um or even winning the division so um i think having that game matter again in in the conversation of the conference um and and yeah, uh, that 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 would be that would be my take. Um, you know, if 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 we can do that and and control our own destiny, not have to rely, not have a letdown after a big win. Let's say you know we beat Louisiana or we you know beat and knock off Coastal if they're you know um, undefeated again by the time we play yeah. them and they're they're ranked, and then have a letdown where we lose to South Alabama, where we lose you know to uh, Texas State or you know one one of these other teams. That's um, that's going to be the key, I think. Can we get over that hump? Um, it's not just wins losses. It's 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 how we're finishing out, you know, because we haven't had the best Novembers, um, you know. And and I think I think how we close out is, is going to be big here. Um, does that is that to say that if we don't win the division, that the writing's on the wall and that the seat's super hot? No, not you know, not necessarily. Um, but I, I think it really just depends on where we're at at that point of the season and also like how, how we got there too, right? Who, who we beat, how we beat them, how we're performing overall, how the rest of the conference is performing. Um, and that's the thing, you know, the rest of the conference is, is very good and they've, they've, everyone's gotten better. Everyone's gotten better. Um, there's a reason why we were, you know, we're picked fourth or fifth, um, in uh in the preseason polls in the division is because the division is very very good um the west is getting better as well um you know you have teams like south alabama texas state ulm that are gonna probably you know be much improved um so we've got to take that next step too we got to get better um we can't keep saying you know seven eight wins is is good enough okay Um, we've got yeah all right so (laughs) you mentioned the letdown or, or finishing the season strong. And so I had to go back and pull up the th- previous three seasons, right? 19, 18, and 20. Um, all right, this, this is this is really interesting. I, I, I have not noticed this until now, but our losses from in September or in October in all three seasons have only been to teams, except for one, two teams that finished ranked in the top 25, at the end of the season. 
the one team that I don't think finished in the top 25 was the 2019 Louisiana team. But that was a team that went on to the conference championship game and nearly beat App State to win the Sun Belt title. So you're talking our teams usually start off really, really hot or very, very good, and they only lose competitively to very, very good teams. But I think as we've all noted, for some reason when November 1st comes around, it's yeah, like and you're playing we, Georgia State. Who hasn't? Playing, yeah, Georgia State or yeah. ULM or Troy, yeah. um, or even App last year, or right. Arkansas State. We for some reason lose to these teams. It's like we don't. It's like we can't finish. And I think that that I think this is maybe maybe this is actually the breaking point here. Is what if we go through the end of October? And we have only lost one game. And let's just say that one game is to either Arkansas or FAU or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then we get in November and again, we drop two of, you know, we go two and two in November and we're, we're out of the conference championship. We don't make it, make it to a bowl game. But again, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be interesting not, to see because yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a gonna, deal breaker. Right. I don't, but it's, but I don't it's, think people are going to, we're, we're not going to, the fan base is not going to, continue being okay with that that'll now Correct. be about four years in a row where the same thing has happened where it's not how you start it's yeah. how you finish i mean it's, it's not just a cliche it's true uh you know we everyone especially football fans especially georgia southern fans have very short memory um you know if, if it, it doesn't matter and you know you can start the year you know two three and oh we can get that P, uh, elusive p5 win against arkansas you know we can uh knock off um you know get that win against georgia state we could um you know beat uh, maybe a, even a ranked coastal team but yeah if, if you're losing um you know those uh final games of the season you know you uh you let's say we do what i just said and and we get to november 13th we lose to texas state we lose to byu at home um arguably the you know biggest uh, probably biggest uh, home game we've had or at least out of conference home game we've had um, yeah, since being and our FBS november members. slate is tough coastal it's tough. texas state byu and app, and app. i mean you know it, that's but to your point slate. we we lose against texas state and app and maybe we're out of that conversation right yeah. uh, after winning all those other games and what does that mean does that mean that yeah it, it it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting because yeah. it's 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 true i mean you all all that you've done to that point people aren't really going to you know, be focused on yeah. that. They're going to be focused on, on how we ended the season and, yep. um, and, and vice versa. If we start slow, you know, let's say with what's going on with the quarterbacks, you know, we get past Gardner Webb, we lose to Florida Atlantic, we lose to Arkansas, maybe even we lose to Louisiana to open the conference slate. So we start the season one and three, but then all of a sudden we start reeling off wins once we get, you know, going um, and, you know, end up in November and then going undefeated in November against those teams then all of a sudden, yeah, then I think we're we're good. People again will look past the the slow yeah. start. Yeah, um, this is this is just crazy. When we start, honestly, I'm looking at who we lose to at the start off the season prior to November, and it's uh, 18 Clemson national champion. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019, it's LSU national champion. Minnesota finishes in the top 10 uh, with a bowl win against Auburn, uh, who we should have beat quite honestly with Justin Tomlin. With um, Justin, yeah. Louisiana, we get beat at home. Uh, they go on to uh, lose in the Sun Belt uh, conference game, uh, championship yeah. game. 
uh, last year, our losses prior to November was to coastal, Louisiana, Louisiana and Coastal, who both finished in the top 25, I believe. In Louisiana, we know that, that yeah, the, the last second field goal. Last second is. field goal. Coastal, coastal we were in that very, very much in that game. Going into the yeah. fourth quarter. So, again, and then you look at last year's losses, you know, after November 1st, Army, t- by one, we should have won that game. Georgia State, by six, we should have won that game. Yep. App State, we lost by eight. Tomlin's injured, but you're still in it. You could probably say more the defense lost that game than the inability to score on, on offense because we gave up the special teams blunder, kickoff return, and the big 70-yard run um, for a touchdown that I don't think I don't think we had a run go that far on us the entire season prior to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- those I, those I, are the I questions think, I think we just I think we just answered yeah. the question. I think we yeah. just answered it that that if we start hot again, we get in November, this is probably the toughest November schedule that we've had or that Lunchford's yeah. had. Right. Um, can he afford to go two and two and finish second or third and not go to the conference championship game? I think no. people are going to get tired. He may not be out, but I think he'll be on the hot seat going into yeah, twenty two. Very much, I, very very much so. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And yeah, it's it's it, it's it's just it's one of those things that you can't fair or not I, I th- fair. I think that's it, just you just see the consistency right. in it, and people are not going to like that. Right. It, it's 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 not just wins losses, it's when those wins losses are coming. It's how you're getting those wins and losses. You know, are are I mean even even with the wins, like are you barely beating Georgia State? Are you barely beating ULM? Are you barely beating Texas State? Um, you know, we don't play ULM this year, but uh, you know, um that sort of thing. Are 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 you squeaking by South Alabama in triple overtime? Are you, you know, um yeah. are you yeah, we always struggle at Texas State, you know, how how are you playing in San Marcos? Um, you know, and then, and then the losses, you know, are you getting blown out by Georgia state or are you getting blown out by Arkansas state or Troy or, uh, you know, the power players in app, uh, Louisiana and uh, coastal, you know, like it's so, so there, there's a lot, there's a lot that a lot of layers there, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there that it's, it's, it's really going to come down to like, are we in that conversation? And how are we, how are we closing out the season? Um, and uh, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, fair or unfair. It's the deck is certainly stacked in November um, that, you know, the, the schedule does us no favors or, or in this case does Lunsford no, no favors. The coaches have no favors um, because it's tough, but fans aren't going to care. I mean, they, you know, again, we're looking at, the, you know the body of work and we're looking at um the rest of the conference and you're seeing teams like coastal who before last year never made a bowl game be the media darlings you know the national well, darling yeah, people and, talking about georgia state like georgia state's yeah. just some hot topic because they return all these people and right you know the, you know a lot of people are like well now state's gonna take the jump and uh, you have South Alabama. You know they have the new head coach. You, you see a lot of a lot of excitement for a lot of teams in our conference. But quite honestly, you you know, outside of ULM and us, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, okay, ULM. We know they're not going to do anything. Georgia Southern. Where, where where exactly do we put Georgia Southern at in in the conference? But at least even like um, ULM has talking points, right? I mean, they yes, have they do. Rich Rich Rodriguez as the offense coordinator. You got uh, Bowden as the head coach now, and then uh, I guess we should take this moment and say uh, R.I.P. to um, Bobby Bowden. Um, yeah, who, uh, you know, as yeah. As we record this, uh, um, passed away uh, earlier uh, today. So, um, and then we know that uh, what that um, that. Uh, 
Terry had uh, gone, um, took a leave of absence yeah, uh, back from home. Europe, or uh, back to go Chicago. back home to yeah, as as his uh, yeah, to be with his ailing father, and uh, and then Rodriguez has been the interim. Um, yeah, in, in, not really in interim, but time. he's been running or the, the first in, couple of practices. Yeah, 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 yeah. First couple of practices. So I mean, we we expect Mountain to probably be back, um, you know, for for ULM by the start of the season. But but yeah, they have talking points there. You get Rich Rodriguez's son transferring in from uh, uh, Arizona, right? Um, as as the quarterback, um, you've got uh, yeah. You mentioned um, uh, South Alabama's. Um, New head coach, uh, new head coach coming from Indiana. Previous, yeah, you know, new staff. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what, what you major Apple, right? Yep. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's crazy. It, it's so so. Yeah, and then and then you look at us, and it's kind of if you're not if you're not you and I or, or someone else that's just like that follows us, you know, day in day out and knows all the. Uh, I mean, look, look, you know, we we talk about Phil Still all the time and, and how much we uh, admire and respect him. Um, but but <laughs> but, but you could the Georgia Southern if you. Had but you, play. it's it's bad. It's it's very outdated and stuff. And yes, there are some things. I mean, he what? he does yeah. this for 130 teams, and obviously things happen like the Graham situation and yeah, other that's things. That's not his fault. That's I mean, not his it, fault. A lot of it's right. not his fault. A lot of it's just things have changed. It's not. Huge. But there were some things in there for this year that I would say or maybe weren't researched as well as they have been in in the past. Past, um, where it was a little lazy, and you normally don't see that from Phil Still. You do from a lot of other national media, right? Um, and we we've talked about it. Even some belt media sometimes you'll see it where it's it's lazy reporting. It's it's you know it's it's you're only paying attention to kind of the P five like power players. It gets to you know you see it with like the bowl projections and stuff where they're just like throwing darts, you know, and it's like we're not even eligible for that bowl, and you're like picking us, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just so it's stuff like that. But it's um so that's why you can't take the you know the preseason rankings and all this kind of stuff and even like the accolades of who made the first team and and who's the preseason offensive and defensive player of the year and all this you can't take all that for a grain of salt and that's why we don't really talk about it too much um because we've we've seen i mean again coastal was picked last last year right and look what happened so um you know uh, that being said it's with Georgia Southern, with everything else going on in the conference, there's not that much like sexiness going on. No, you know, there's no. just not there's not that many there's not that many talking points. There's not that many like uh, you know uh, attention grabbers, headline grabbers um, that you're seeing from everyone. You know, including your power players, the Apple, Louisiana, co- you know, Coastal, um, but then also you know your South Alabamas and and ULMs and stuff. Even they have some some headlines where you know what do we have? We lost words. We lost you know like yeah. it's uh, you you okay? Oh, we bring in James Graham. Okay, well that's cool. All right, well no, now he's wide receiver you know and it's i don't know it's 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 so uh, that's not to say that i think the sky is falling all right it's not to say no. that i think we're truly going to finish last in the division it's just i i can see where those perceptions are coming from i can see where the part of the fan base is growing tired right of kind of this mediocrity lukewarm. or slightly lukewarm feeling where it's like okay get to the bowl game we want that next step and it 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 fair or unfair um i think pushes the narrative even more when you're looking across the spectrum and outside of your your big three or four you know teams in the sunbelt your power players you have everybody else getting better too i think this um, has to be a proving year i really do yeah. I, th- I think this has to really be a proving year 
and and I guess I guess the question there is 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 what are you proving? You know, like that that's that's the big question. Is is what's what's the body of proof? You know, what yeah. what's it? Yeah, is it is it a championship? Is it a division championship? Um, is it being in that conversation? Is it? I don't think you wins? can go is into November decide, yeah. either undefeated or with one loss to like an FAU team who with a second or third string quarterback, and and then you just completely collapse in November. You know, or you beat Coastal, but then you lose to Texas State and App State, and boom, you're, again, second, third, and you're playing, and, you know, you're playing another bowl game, but no Sunbelt Championship, you know, not getting ranked, you know. A lot of things now are, are, should be possibilities for us, and it's just like we're there, we can reach it, but for some reason we haven't been able to take it yet. That's the other like, thing, yeah. There, there's been so many, right, yeah. There's been so many games where it's it. like if we win X game, we get ranked, we lose X game. Yeah. You know, so we want to win that game yeah, now. Is it and, go back and, to Lunchford's first full year? We beat yeah. App, where we have one loss to Clemson, who everybody is just like, wow, that Clemson's team is really looking good. Right. And then we go out there, we start getting votes, and yeah, we lay an Troy or I, ULM. A little-known guy named uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, yeah. comes into the game against us, and yeah, yeah. and yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, we 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 want we respond. You know, we we just got to respond to that next yeah. thing. Okay, you did. What have you done for me lately? You done. You know, you you did good knocking off. Um, you know, uh, an app or, or let's say we knock off Louisiana. How do we follow that up? There's yeah. got to be a follow up. Um, you know, so that that's that's the key. Um, but. That being said, I mean, you know, it's 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 gonna the 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 schedule is super tough, but it's it's manageable in the sense that, like, I mean, you know, we we, we will earn everything we get, you know. Um, yeah, and, I mean, regardless, the yeah. schedule is the schedule is something that nobody can control at this point. It is what right. it is. You just got to go out there and win. Um, yep. You know, as they preach, control the controllables. Yeah. You know, we have no control over how things are scheduled to a certain degree. Um, but as far as out-of-conference stuff, this is stuff that's been scheduled a long time ago. Um, right. it, you know, we p- play the hand that's, that's dealt. So first up is Gardner-Webb. Next up is FAU. After that's Arkansas. Let's take care of those three before you start conference play and then go from there. I mean, yep. if we can come out and and start off 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, I mean – Buses are rocking, state spurs are rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, th- at that point, the expectations is is then championship or bust. Um, yeah, and then again, it's how yeah. how you respond how to you that respond pressure to yeah. when the targets on your back. You know, I mean, can you be that? Can you be that coastal? You yep. know, like co- coastal now. You know, their big challenge is how how do they? What's their sophomore? You know, are they going to have that sophomore slum? They have mm-hmm. a very very easy schedule. We've talked about that. They very well could go undefeated again and be a worse team than they were last year. Um, but you know, that's that's the question for us. You know, can can you go from being the hunter to huntee? And then and stay you know and 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 stay strong and and you know stay stay, yeah. stay the hunty have have that target on your back and respond and then yep. you know I think that's the biggest thing that's been the biggest criticism of the coaching staff, um, Lunsford included you know um, in in the tenure is 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 it's we we're good at being that underdog role um, but then once we get to okay things are getting serious um, you know Georgia Southern is a legit contender here. 
then we fizzle out. Yep. Um, so it, we, we've got to, we got to keep sizzling. So, um, I guess with that, Cody, uh, we will end this one. Um, and we've got obviously plenty more to talk about where we get more in depth with, you know, offense. Um, we're not going to do conference alignment. Uh, we're not going to do conference alignment this one. So that we did have another, um, question on Twitter, about our wildest conference realignment uh, theories um, potentially affecting Georgia Southern and, you know, um, ultimately, you know, Sunbelt and then Group of Five. Speaking uh, of True Blue Drew, did you see his tweet, the the rumor mill out there? A certain commissioner was in, in what, West Virginia? I did not see that. Gil, no. yeah, up at Marshall. The oh. rumor mill. Okay. So. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean – Add Marshall, add Liberty. I said that's a pretty stacked twelve-team football conference. Liberty would, yeah, Liberty would be strong. I know, I know, a lot of our fan base isn't a fan, but I mean, they I, they bring yeah. they bring a lot just just from a financial standpoint. Um, money, you know, and money, money, money. Yeah, they bring money, and and as long as they can keep. Um, they actually have uh, a a natural rival with Coastal. I mean, you're bringing in they a, a they you know Coastal is actually main rival from the FCS. You know, era. You know, last in when they all first started up, what like ten, fifteen years ago, right. uh, if not longer. Um, so yeah, I you know, I know that and people yeah, don't so like as long, as, long for, as they for certain reasons. Keep but, Hugh Freeze. You know, I think they. I mean, they, you well, got they have the money that even if Hugh Freeze leaves, it leaves, they can bring in. They'll somebody. get somebody else big. Yeah. yeah. And you've got, so. you know, Bush Jones now at Arkansas State, mm-hmm. and you've got, you know, so you've, you I mean, uh, we talked about Bowden being at ULM, so it's it's all of a sudden getting really interesting. So, yeah, conference realignment, that's a whole episode in itself. Um, so let's not go down that road, but we definitely will. We obviously recognize that all that, all those conversations are happening. Things are changing by the day. As we open the show with, if we even got into it right now, like, by the time we release it, Marshall and UAB and Liberty will all be members of the Sun Belt, or what? <laughs> you know, or or Georgia Southern joins the Big Twelve. You know, like that. That uh, that will. Um, yes. So let's not go down that road right now. Um, but we certainly recognize that we will talk about it in the future, in the near future. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, I just didn't come, want. Yeah. I didn't want that listener to feel like we just ignored his question or missed it. So yes, trust me. We we will we will probably have an, an episode. I guess before Gardner Webb, that will probably deal with all the rumors. We can we can and, probably and wrap how it into things, one of the, how yeah. we think how we think conference realignment will shake out and maybe the future of college football. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, big fun to talk about, um, but super speculative right now. We'll see how some things shake out. We'll try to wrap that in with one of the preview episodes. Only a couple of weeks left, Cody. Um, uh, to the opener of the 2021 season, September 4th, uh, Garner Webb. So we'll, um, you know, uh, look for more episodes to come where we break down, uh, you know, the different uh, sides of the ball um, and kind of give just a more outlook on the season. Obviously, we'll talk about Garner Webb in, in that episode as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just looking forward to it. Glad to be back. Uh, season four. Look for big news uh, coming up here pretty soon <laughs> if we <laughs> yes. release this episode. Uh, yeah, go so, ahead and edit yeah. it and have it out by right. like do it right now. 9 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. So, um, but yeah, look, looking forward to it. And um, with that, Cody, uh, we'll pick it up next time. Hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. 
Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.